The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show. We are excited to get going tonight. We've had a great week of shows so far. A couple days in, we're in hump day now. It's Wednesday. And we've got another terrific topic. We're going to be talking about the New World Order. Now, this is more than just a, hmm, that's an interesting discussion type of topic. This particular discussion is crucial. Because if anybody's paying attention to what's happening, not just in our country, but in the world around us, there are major, major changes going on, underway. Changes that are not going to play in the favor of freedom, in the favor of America, democracy, they are not going to play in the favor of our way of life. And we need to know what to be looking for. And we also need to understand that we have parts of our government are complicit in this, maybe even encouraging it. So Dina Ray is going to be our guest tonight, and she's going to talk about all of this. And as you look outside and you're told that you can't go outside or you can't do this or you can't post this on Facebook because they disagree with you, start thinking about what's going on here. This is not something that um, that we can make a mistake on because if we make that mistake, we'll never get these freedoms back. So this is what we're going to be talking about tonight, including uh, you know how that morphs into the New World Order. It's all part of the same thing. It's all really the same discussion. And Dina Ray uh, has written about it, uh, has uh, blogged about it, and I'm excited to talk to her tonight about this topic. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Our YouTube community is the hub of our online community. So go to YouTube, search for JV Johnson. You'll find it rather easily, and I encourage you to subscribe. There's no fee or obligation or any of that stuff. But you do get, uh, you do have access to something in the neighborhood of 500 back episodes of the show. So, um, do that. Go to go to YouTube. Subscribe. Also, um, if you get a chance, find the podcast version of the show because the podcast version of the show is a um, is a, uh, a very easy way to keep up on the program. Sorry, I'm just reading a, a, something coming up here in our Twitch chat. I'm just trying to figure out what it means. Somebody rede- redeemed a shout out. I'm not exactly sure. It says uh, uh, Shelly wants to say, "Hey, hi, love." So there you go. <laughs> Shelly said it herself in the in the uh, in the chat itself. Anyway, uh, so sorry to be distracted there. But the uh, the podcast version gives you an opportunity to subscribe and have the show downloaded to your smartphone or your smart device automatically. It's always there, and if you miss a show, you can go back and and catch up that way. It's very convenient, very easy. So the YouTube channel is as well. So a lot of great stuff uh, that you should be doing as you remain part of our. Uh, community here, whether it's digitally, well, it's pretty much entire digitally, but whether it's audio or video or whatever it happens to be, we welcome you. So great show on tap for tonight. As I said, we'll be talking with Dina Ray and we'll be talking about the New World Order, plus uh, some some things that we need to be watching out for. We, we don't want to give away our freedoms, regardless of what the explanation or the justification is, because once we lose them, we'll, we'll never get them back. Uh, We'll go to break. When we come back, we will bring in Dina Ray, and we'll start this discussion. It's beyond reality. We'll be right back. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Joha. That's J-O-H-A-W. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a lot going on in this world that uh, we have never, never seen before. Wars are terrible, don't get me wrong. But this is a unique situation that we're watching unfold around us uh, every single day. And it gets worse every single day. And I'm not, not talking just about this virus. I'm talking about the what will be the aftermath of this virus. Nobody knows how we're going to get out of this situation that we've been put into by not just the virus itself, but also by the reaction of the the U.S. government and world governments. And it's that reaction that's going to end up causing a hangover that will probably be far more devastating in many, many ways than the actual illness was. Uh, we're going to be talking about that and more. Of course, the New World Order is all part of this. Dina Ray is our guest. Dina, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's great to have you here tonight. Thanks, J.V., for having me back. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I, how long has it been? It's been a while, right? Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back here. We are living in some very, very interesting times. I had a, my first boss out of college used to say all the time, may we live in, in, in interesting times. And uh, I don't think they can be more interesting that they, than mm-hmm. they are. But they also can't be more con- um, consequential than what we're seeing right now. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing things happen around us. And we're seeing reactions to those things that uh, if we don't, navigate these uh, rough waters carefully, we'll never see our way of life come back. Uh, and maybe that's the point. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's talk about this a little bit. Um, before we get into the new, new World Order, and I know this is part of it as well, but I want to talk specifically about some of the day-to-day things we're all seeing right now. And I'm going to give you an example. Uh, we stream the show live on YouTube. And when I posted this video uh, to go live tonight, um, in the title, I put post-coronavirus new world order. And then I put your name as our guest, right? So it goes up, and then immediately below it, YouTube puts a, a link on it that says, get the latest information from the CDC about COVID-19, as though they want to make sure that whatever I'm about to say uh, isn't... You know, it is overshadowed, in fact, by what the CD has to say and the position that YouTube agrees with. This is um, this is not free speech. This is really concerning. Oh, yeah. And uh, Twitter just uh, adopted that philosophy uh, and Facebook has had it uh, since the beginning. So we're dealing with well, we've been dealing with censorship little by little before coronavirus. Uh, If you. Recall, Alex Jones was banned from Twitter, what, six months ago, eight months ago, Mm -hmm. a couple other uh, radio programs were banned from Twitter because they didn't, you know, go with the the mainstream media on a lot of different points. And now we've got coronavirus, and if you say one thing that does not drive with the CDC, you're gone. 
Or even even more uh, concerning is if it doesn't jive with the World Health Organization. And, and yeah. um, what, I, I can't remember if it's uh, YouTube or if it's Facebook. One of those uh, two is uh, is taking down anything that does not uh, agree with World Health Organization uh, recommendations or positions. Right. And, the, you know, just to, you know, make it a little bit more clear for your listeners, the World Health Organization, the leader of the World Health Organization, was handpicked by China and Bill Gates. Now, we pay, when I say we, I mean the United States of America is the single biggest contributor for the World Health Organization. So why aren't we picking the leader of the World Health Organization? We pay the most, right? So Trump, you know, whether you like Trump or not, Trump, you don't like Trump. He said enough is enough. We're, we're not funding you anymore. And who's the second biggest contributor to the World Health Organization? Now, this is a U.N. Uh, this is an organization that is from the U.N., Bill Gates. Now, why does a private citizen fund a huge organization within the United Nations? How can that even be allowed? I, I, yeah, I that's, talk about conflict of interest. Yeah, that's very, yeah. Un, very unusual and difficult to understand without a question. Um, that is really he, bizarre. He doesn't even try to cover it up with shell corporations and phony foundations, nothing. It's just him. Wow. And he... Yeah, he gets to pick the leader, yeah. evidently. Well, and, and you know, it's, it. it's one thing to maybe not have, um, and I don't know how these things work, honestly. I don't know what the process is for picking any of these uh, these leaders, whether it's the World Health Organization or other parts of the UN. But here's the bottom line: who's in there isn't as important as what they're doing, and what they did in, with this coronavirus is nearly criminal. They, they and I don't know if they blatantly lied or if they just accepted China's rationalizations and just repeated them. But what, whatever they did, they completely disregarded their responsibility to the rest of the world in favor of propaganda. Oh, absolutely! And as we're you know we're digging into it more and more, we're finding out that you know first China supposedly didn't know about it till January and then it was December and and now we're finding out through satellites that they had streets and buildings closed uh in October now why were they closing down streets why were they, why were they closing down bu- buildings and institutions again we don't know that yet but you can see where this is going and how many months did China know about this? Because it certainly wasn't in December. I think we can all agree on that. And why was the World Health Organization covering for them? Yeah. So we got a lot of questions with, with China. And uh, why were they trying to set up these exotic meat markets as the cause of all this? I, we got a lot of questions with China and um, you know, some people say that this this virus is a, a practice for for the real yeah dry bio run. Weapon. Yeah. I've heard the dry run discussion a lot. Absolutely. Uh, we of course. Uh, I mean, I don't want to make light of coronavirus. I know we've had a lot of people who who died from it. Uh, I know that they're saying on the news that there's some children who are dying from it. So I, I certainly 
don't want to make light of it by any stretch of the imagination. But like you mentioned earlier, what is the aftermath of this going to be? I mean, they're just pumping out money. Uh, Just to give you an example about all the money that they're pumping out, uh, my my mom is uh, in her 70s and she's on Social Security. Well, her... She didn't get get laid off from any job. Right. She her pay was never interrupted. She gets her social security and she once upon a time worked when she was younger and she gets a pension. Her her income has never been interrupted. So what does she do? She gets a check for twelve hundred bucks mm-hmm. in the mail. Yeah. And God bless, it's my mother. I you know, I'm I of course want her to have whatever she they send her, but why? Why are people who have not suffered a penny from this getting government checks? It's almost like we're trying to bankrupt ourselves. Yeah, and we're well on that path. Um, I want to go back to something else because we we mentioned uh, YouTube uh, doing some censorship, and we mentioned Facebook. And one of the things that is even more egregious than any of this is the fact that uh, particularly Facebook is in the business of actively censoring what it feels is appropriate uh, or inappropriate uh, information, not necessarily misinformation. And I'm I'm talking about things like these uh, p- these groups that wanted to protest some of what would be considered draconian measures to uh, mm-hmm. shut down communities. People have a right to protest our government. That is a fundamental right in this country. And it doesn't say except in the event of a virus. It doesn't say in the except in the event of war. We would never would have had the Vietnam protests. It doesn't say in the except in the event of a governor not thinking it's a good idea. No, it doesn't say that at all. That right is guaranteed and it is it is pure. And now we can't even post something on Facebook that says, hey, we, we want to gather uh, in front of City Hall and we'll do it with six foot distancing between us. We can't post that because they will take it down because they don't yeah. think it's appropriate. This is scary stuff. Oh, oh I, well, I'm originally from Chicago area, so... Uh, Chicago, the governor of Illinois, and then, of course, the neighboring governor of Michigan. Oh, my gosh. What the, the kind of crap that them two are pulling, uh, it, it goes beyond uh, overreach. It just, uh, like in Illinois, for example, you can go on your boat. Uh, you and one other person can go on your boat, but that's it, no more than two. So a family of four that's quarantined together can't. <laughs> I know it's just so, it's so arbitrary, <laughs> and it. I don't even see what what you know what the end game is here. What do, I don't get it. I don't get it. But what I do know is that if if they can start taking away these freedoms today because of a health scare, why can't they start taking them away because what they consider to be a climate change scare? Or uh, they they can take them away because of, you know, uh, because of a quote-unquote domestic terrorism scare, which they label everybody that doesn't agree with them as a domestic terrorist. I mean, this is is a very, very slippery slope that we've started sliding down. Oh, gosh, you you got that right. Uh, Amen. And um, I, I mean, I'm I do not own a gun as of right now, but in response to this whole entire thing, I went to a shooting range. I signed up for a gun class, and I am going to purchase my first gun, hopefully, this June because I'm scared. This none of this when 
when the dust settles on this whole coronavirus thing and everybody's sick of uh, uh, quarantining and they lost their jobs, they lost their house, they lost who knows what else, and you got uh, droves of homeless people, desperate people, walking around the neighborhoods, what are we going to do? That's the right. government's not going to come to our rescue. Uh, right. I, I mean, I'm serious. I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm uh, very scared right now. This is just uh, not normal. And by so many, everything about it is, is not normal. And there's so many fishy side stories to the whole entire thing. You, you're wondering, what, what am I getting set up for? Not to, mention, uh, I, I, not to mention the fact that many states uh, and localities are releasing prisoners, some of them violent yeah. criminals, yep. back into society because of this coronavirus. I don't know. Do you think that this was this was some kind of coordinated plan or do you think that all these people just recognize, wow, hey, this thing is giving us the cover we need to make all of these dramatic changes to American way of life? Well, uh, I'm. I think so I'm. I'm thinking it's a combination of both. Quite honestly, uh, some people are like, "Oh, well, uh, coronavirus. I, I think I'm going to slide this in and slide that in and, and slide that in." Uh, 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 like uh, again, back. I hate to keep using. I'm in Texas, by the way, but I, I used to live in Illinois. Uh, again, um, a lot of people are uh, have always had axe to grind uh, about religion because. Religious organizations don't have to pay taxes, and then people who donate to religious organizations get to to get to write off their donations. So the government doesn't get a lot of money off of re- religion. In fact, they lose money. So it's uh, religions have always been a craw with them, and they also give people ideas. So uh, one of the things in Illinois that they just announced was that you uh, religious services are banned until there is a uh, vaccine. Oh my. Banned. Where was this? Illinois. See, this is another this is another uh, constitutionally guaranteed right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you cannot do yeah. that. I don't care what the reasoning is, you cannot as a government interfere with uh, the uh, people's right to practice their religion. It is expressly prohibited by the Constitution, yet they just do it. I think they all think anything is anything, all, anything goes at this point. Anything we want to do goes. I, this is crazy stuff. It's terrifying. And I, I know you're out east, and I know New Jersey, you could, um, you could buy alcohol, you could buy weed, but you couldn't buy a gun. Now, what the heck is that? I know. I know. Alcohol alcohol stores are considered, or alcohol shops are considered essential, um, but churches, and, and and listen, I'm glad the alcohol shops are open because, you know, I've needed to stop a couple times myself. <laughs> However, uh, you know, you know, picking these winners and losers, and, and I'll, I'll say one more thing about the economic ramifications of all this. I live in a tourist town, a tourist town that survives because of three months every year. June, July, and August is the only reason Cooperstown, New York, thrives. And this year, because of the coronavirus, uh, the main draw for Cooperstown tourism shut down. They're not opening at all this year. So these businesses that rely on those three months, they had to go uh, from uh, September through of, of 2019. Now they'll have to go all through 2020 uh. and then through January, February, March, April, May 
of 2021 before they start to see business again. How many of those businesses will oh be able God. to survive that? A. B, yeah, the government has helped out a little bit here during these few months, but they're not going to help out for 18 months. They're not going to help out for the 21 months that uh, these businesses are going to need help for. So Cooperstown is going gonna, is gonna to suffer permanently because of this. This is terrifying. So there goes Cooperstown. Yep. How many other towns are going to well, be it's, shanty towns like like your town is headed? That's the th- I, I, look th- at look at Hawaii. I mean, they have hardly any cases, hardly anything, and their tourism. That's their whole, the name of their whole entire business is That's tourism. Right. That's right. Nobody's going there. That's right. Let's talk a little bit about what uh, some of these other things we need to be careful about. Um, I've heard uh, a lot about contact tracers. What are contact oh. tracers and why should we be concerned? Well, that is a new job that uh, anybody can get if they um, get hired, of course, and do a five-hour online course at John Hopkins University. So some states require some knowledge in the healthcare industry and, and some don't. It, it, but everybody is requiring this five hour online class. I, I think they make around 15 to 20 dollars. And what they're responsible for is contacting people that COVID, uh, pe- people that COVID 19 carriers or or people who have just been diagnosed with COVID-19 have have been in contact with. So let's say you have COVID-19. You just went to the doctor. He says, I hate to give you the bad news, but you've, you've got COVID. Well, theoretically, his next question might be, who have you been in contact with? Now, you're a nice guy, above board, all that. Oh, geez. Uh, well, I went to Walgreens. I, you know, I went to Walmart. I saw my sister. You know, you might list who you've seen over the week. But a lot of people aren't going to do that. Right. So how the heck do these contact tracers know who to warn? That brings me to my next point, the phones. Uh, Google and Facebook and are openly admitting that they're using location data to to figure that out. So what I'm wondering is we've got the contract tracers, and that sounds like an up-and-up thing if you're dealing with honest people who, who have, you know, contracted the disease. But how many people are not going to admit, well, oh, I was at my girlfriend's house and I'm married, you know, or I was at, you know, uh, I was uh, uh, robbing a, gro- a grocery store. Or, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't going to admit where they were for obvious reasons. Some people just don't think it's anybody's business. Where, how would the, con- who would the contract trace or how would they know who to contact? And um, again, we've got the whole, phone thing, which has been going on all over the world, but uh, Americans, of course, are screaming, you've got no right to do that. So we've been very quiet about it. Uh, however, California is using location data. New Mexico is using location data. Colorado is using location data. Um, other states are getting together to use this location data. Uh, Facebook and this other company, Waze, got together and they figured out a way to use GPS coordinates yeah. and different Wi-Fi signals 
and have figured out where you have been the last two weeks since you've been diagnosed, and then they give the contact tracer uh, phone numbers to call. So, you know, part of part of me is like, well, it, you know, maybe that could be save somebody's life, but. Uh, a bigger part of me thinks, well, how do they have that kind of power where they could just figure out where you've been over the yeah. last two weeks? It's, it, I'm to the point where I don't even, when I leave the house, I don't even want to take my cell phone yeah, with and, me. And the answer to your question is they don't have that power. They're just taking it. And that's what's yeah. the scariest part of all of this is. Tell me how Bill Gates became an expert in uh, the transmission of uh, viral diseases and world health. How did this happen? Again, Bill Bill Gates, the second biggest provider to the uh, World Health Organization, has been into this whole medical thing for some time now. He's, another one of his pet projects is um, Planned Parenthood, uh, uh, not just for the, our country, but for uh, around the world. He, he's really into uh, abortions because he thinks we need to depopulate. We are overpopulated. We need to depopulate. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of people might feel that way. Um, there are, are studies that we are getting too big for this, this planet. But if that's how you feel, then why are you playing it off? that now you're trying to save lives with vaccinations. Well, which is it? You, you want to kill people on one side, you want to kill the unborn, but you want to save all the old people? What is it? And uh, he's got some of the craziest ideas. A, a lot of people think that he is so gung-ho on this vaccination because he's going to be putting the microchip in it. And, of course, religious people hear Mark of the Beast, and um, he is just, he's been the center of the conspiracy world right now. And um, I don't know if anybody uh, knew, I, I didn't know this till recently, but apparently he's behind this ID 2020 uh, thing that he has been for years now, where he wants to identify, he wants everybody to have some kind of identity in the world that shows your immunizations, your vaccinations, your citizenship, everything. Mm. So, you know, he's involved in it. Rockef uh, uh, the Rockefellers are involved in it, and George Soros are, are involved in it. Geez, there, there's the trifecta of, yeah. uh, you know, uh, New World Order guys. So, again, he keeps popping up whenever whenever you're looking at common denominators for a one-world government, a new world order, there's Bill Gates. And he certainly has the money and the technology to pull this off. And if he's, if he's a major contributor to the World Health Organization, then he has their ear and uh, probably will, they'll act on his behalf, uh, which is also scary. Um, I, wanna, I, want, I want to know more about something that you wrote about recently. Um, let me see if I have this name right. It's Dr. Uh, Mikovitz? Yes. Tell, yes. Me, tell me about yeah. Dr. Is it Mikovitz or Mikovitz or something else? I, you know, I'm really not sure because... I started watching the video mm -hmm. <laughs> on YouTube, yeah, 
and it was taken down. Yeah, I actually l- was reading uh, your your blog today about this, and I clicked on the link to watch it, and it was not there. So it has been taken down. Tell me what this is about. Well, Dr. Mikowitz or Mikovitz, however you want to pronounce it, was an, uh, a star in the virology department back in uh, the 80s and 90s. I think she worked for the National Cancer Institute for a while. And then she got her big break, and um, she was hired on as um, a director, and she supposedly found some kind of virus with um, chronic fatigue syndrome. Now, her, her um, what do you call, her critics say that um, her discovery is a bunch of bull. Well, well anyway, she, um, she was the director of Whitmore Peterson Institute. So her critics said that the virus that she found is all BS, and she uh, fought it and said, no, I've, I've, I found a virus. This disease ha- is not a disease. It's really a virus. And she eventually got fired. Now, her story about why she got fired is because um, Big Pharma was involved and her idea of curing the virus had nothing to do with Big Pharma and they couldn't make any money and blah, 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 blah. Well, they jailed her for five days, never charged her with anything. She was fired and her firing kind of discredited her, her reputation. Sure. But she, she did reinvent herself, and uh, she is a spokeswoman uh, who's against a lot of vaccinations. Now, now a lot of people, I, I got a lot of heat for this article. I, a lot of people were ragging on me uh, on Facebook and um, on the contact button of my website and so forth. So I did get a lot of heat. She is not an anti-vaxxer. I mean, you know, get the vaccine for moms, get the vaccine for chickenpox, get the vaccine for rubella, all of the stuff, you know, that we think is necessary. But what she was saying is that a lot of the vaccines that we're told that we have to have, that we're told that our kids have to have, we don't even need. They're just ways for uh, big pharma to make money. And um, she believes that a lot of vaccines are contaminated. So you're, it's, and she ragged on flu shots. So that was, and, and by the way, I have never gotten a flu shot. I have been terrified of it. They never get the strain right in the flu shot to begin with. So why are you even doing it? But that's a personal decision. So she has been very vocal about vaccinations. She just thinks that they're more for profit. Well, listen, let me, so let, me now, just, let me just interrupt you here. Don't lose your train of thought, but I just want to mention something about vaccinations because we've had uh, folks on this program that have talked about vaccinations. And the, pre- the prevailing thought here isn't necessarily that um, people are anti-vax. What they are is asking questions about what's in them, what's the motivation yeah. for them, what's the motivation for governments requiring them as opposed to making them optional, things like that. Those are legitimate questions. And these are things that are also being censored on uh, uh, mm-hmm. Google, you know, Google, uh, Facebook, and YouTube, and these other um, these other digital sites. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I just want to throw it out there that my, besides being a writer, I'm also a teacher. I'm a special education teacher. And the rise uh, from the time that I started my career till now, 
from not even knowing what uh, autistic was back in the late 90s to having half a class full of kids with autism uh, in a period of a little bit over 20 years uh, is really very strange. And um, I know my kids required, my kids were born in the, the late 90s, and they required maybe seven or eight vaccinations. I'm hearing from parents that they want, you know, around 20, 25 vaccinations now. So yeah. you can't help but wonder, well, why do we need all these vaccinations? Why, why is vaccinations tripled or quadrupled? And why is autism skyrocketed? It yeah. used to be one in a thousand and now it's one in 50. What, why? Yeah, there's there there are a lot of legitimate and important questions about vaccinations. And I'm going to say this right off the bat. We know for a fact that vaccinations have been one of the greatest advances in medical technology in history. Yep. It has saved more lives than probably anything else, probably everything else all put together. However, that it's also provides some cover for pharmaceutical companies to look for, to make a profit and we have to start figuring out where that line begins and ends. And that's the important question when it comes to vaccinations. Go back to the doctor story, because uh, I interrupted you there, and I, and I want you to finish it. Well, anyway, uh, a lot of people take this woman. It was a superstar in virology. So whenever, whenever somebody wants to discredit you, they call you stupid. They call you something condescending. And I would say a lot of people, when they call you an anti-vaxxer, they're basically calling you a stupid hick who won't get your kids vaccinated. Would that be right. fair to say? I don't, I don't think that, but is that the negative connotation that many people have? Yeah. Well, that's, Based? that's, that's how they portray anybody who questions things like that. I mean, hey, right. You know, if, if you're if you're truly uh, acting in the interest of science, you will ask questions like that. And, I agree, and you will work I, to find I, answers and, and find legitimate answers. You know, not not answers that drive an agenda. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Just because you ask questions, you're you're an idiot. Uh, that used to be the opposite. When you would ask questions, it means that you're smart. But uh, anyway. She's portrayed as uh, this complete Looney Tune anti-vaxxer now by by her critics. Now, by her fans, she's a hero. So you've got again, like the like this country, you've got a division of of two kinds of, of people here. So anyway, she has made a name for herself when it comes to vaccinations and uh, viruses and so forth. So she, of course, was interviewed on what she thought about coronavirus or COVID-19 and, and coronavirus. And she, first of all, questioned, why do we even need uh, a vaccine for it? It sounds like the hydroxychloroquine is working just fine. And the uh, virus will burn itself out. And, you know, maybe that's the best way to go. And here we're, we're hearing from, you know, certain political pundits that the hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. Well, I'm going to tell you firsthand, a friend of mine had COVID-19 and she, she had a myriad, uh, she has a myriad of health problems. She was hospitalized. She had the respirator and they gave her the hydroxychloroquine. Well, she was out of the hospital in three days and she's fine now. So I'm not saying that it, it's a miracle drug, but I know someone personally who was on it 
and she's fine. So I don't know where we're getting all of these um, uh, news news hacks or uh, political commentators, whatever, who are saying the hydroxychloroquine doesn't even work. That's not even true. And she was saying that. That was in her interview. And then she also said um, some very interesting things about the new drug, remdesivir, that they've been hyping. I don't know if you've heard. Oh, absolutely. I've heard of remdesivir. Sure, of course. Well, this drug, for one thing, hydroxychloroquine, I don't know if it cures you, but it gets you out of the hospital and it 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 gets you back on your feet. Where the uh, remdesivir might only cut off one or two days of you feeling sick. So we that's quite a difference. I mean, the, the hydroxychloroquine does so much more the, than the remdesivir, but even more importantly, the remdesivir has got quite the past, okay? Whenever you want to know why a certain drug is plugged, start looking at who's producing the drug. Well, I'll tell you who's producing the drug. Gilead, which is a big pharma company. And who holds the patent to the drug? Wait, this is fascinating. China. How does China hold a patent to the drug? Because they're in a drug-sharing patent program called Unitaid. Okay, who owns Unitaid? Wait. The World Health Organization, Bill and Melinda Gates, and George Soros. And this is my favorite part of the whole entire Remdesivir story. Guess where all of this is located? I'm waiting for the Uh, answer because it's going to be a bombshell. Wuhan. Oh, my. (laughs) So so the problem starts in, in Wuhan. And wow, what do you know? The solution is in Wuhan. Wow. Gee whiz, if I didn't know any better, huh? I'm too stupid to connect the, those dots, right? I, I I can't make this stuff up. I can't make this stuff up. And I think, and, you know, why am I learning this from this lady who, who uh, uh, you know, her, her video got blocked? And I, I did a little research after I heard that segment of the interview, and sure enough, she was uh, right on the mark. Why do I have to hear about this from a lady? Why isn't this on the headline of every news channel in our country? Okay, that's right. Nope, that's right. That's 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 a great question. Why is the news news media not doing its job? Um, you know, there was another video that was on YouTube briefly of two doctors in California that were just going through basic. Oh basic statistics this was not controversial there was nobody disputing the statistics the only thing they did was say based on these numbers we should not be shutting everything down boom video taken down yep bakersfield doctors that's right yeah yep well you know what they were saying they were saying that uh there's when people die there's a huge financial incentive for doctors to check the um, coronavirus box, which, of course, skews the death rate, because if they died of coronavirus, uh, they get the uh, hospital gets an additional $13,000 from Medicare if, oh, if their patient, of course, was on Medicare. And if their patient died of coronavirus and was on a respirator, 
$39,000 from Medicare. Wow. Always always comes down to the money. It always comes down to the money. Follow the money. Where was that from? Uh, Jerry Maguire, the movie? Is that where the follow the money or show me? Oh, that I don't was know. show me the money. Or show me the money. That's right. Um, <laughs> what is, let, let's let's kind of re, re, uh, restart this conversation and help me understand what the new world order is or is supposed to be. We hear that phrase thrown about a lot, but I'm not sure everybody completely understands what it means. What is the new world order? Well, there's different versions of it. There's, of course, an alien version that uh, the aliens are going to finally show their face and they're going to take over the, the planet, and um, that's not the kind I'm talking about. There's there's an anti-Semitic version where they think the Rothschild bankers are out to um, own everything. That's not the version that I'm talking about. The version that, that I believe in coincides with uh, the Bible, specifically Daniel and, and Revelation and some other um, prophets. Uh, New World Order is that moment where we become a one-world government, which we are slowly going in that direction. And you hear, you know, that Green New Deal is just a um, code for uh, Agenda 2020. That, I, I mean... Uh, Ocasio Cortez did not invent that. That was uh, a UN agenda. She just repackaged it. And um, that one world government, the, whoever turns out to be the leader, the le- will of course be the Antichrist. And the Antichrist will have a sidekick called the False Prophet. So when I'm talking about world, uh, New World Order, I do believe that aliens is, exist, but I'm my version of New World Order is a biblical one. Okay, so if it's a biblical one, then does it in fact include um, the uh, group of people that you mentioned previously, Rockefeller, Bill Gates, um, Soros, some of these what we would consider to be uh, uh, you know puppet, puppet masters, puppeteers, uh, that are supposed to be meeting in, in back rooms in places uh, determining our fate. Is that part of this? Absolutely. Uh, the Bilderberg group is a good, uh, a, a good picture of who is uh, in the inner circle. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you which one will be the Antichrist, and the way I see it, they're all probably jockeying for that position. Um, they, so they they get along as a group, yet they're in competition for the top spot as well. Uh, I mean, certain groups have been uh, infamous for inner circle, new world order. Uh, there's Council of Foreign Relations. There's the Bilderbergs. There's the Club of Rome. Um, there's the Bohemian Grove. There's uh, Skull and Skull and Bones. Uh, a lot of uh, our recruits. So. There are these secret organizations that that lead to this, and I think we can safely say that of these inner circle elites, it seems very important that they all have money and they all have gone to some kind of Ivy League college. A lot of them are graduates of Ivy League colleges, so those are some 
clues. Yeah, and and how does the um, how does the UN and maybe even specifically the World Health Organization fit into all of this? I mean, a lot of this new world order discussion uh, is is tied to a discussion of a one world government, uh, an all encompassing government. Is that the UN, or if not, how does the UN fit into the picture? Well, the U- the UN is basically the skeletal one world government we've uh, the un has their own military they uh the blue helmets they have their own military uh, that that the united states funds most of i mean that, ironically we're funding um uh, we're funding most of this un stuff and we're not really getting all that much in return no but um the un has their own military i mean we have a world military well, if it's a world organization, who, why would we go to war with members of the world? I mean, just about everybody, every country's in it, except for, I think, maybe Iran and um, a couple other ones, North Korea. I, I, the whole entire world is in it. But um, we have our own military, which it doesn't sound too peaceful to me. Um, I, I think George Bush, the first George Bush, George Herbert, Herbert Walker Bush, he started the whole entire thing in the 90s, and he put together a U.N. meeting in Rio, and they, they called it Agenda 21, and uh, the 21 stands for the 21st century. So that was kind of like the first draft of putting together a one-world government, and they had um, certain things that they wanted to fight. They wanted to fight racism and um uh, sexism, and uh, they wanted to encourage massive immigration. Uh, they wanted to end drug abuse. Uh, they wanted to get rid of religion because, again, religion is a, a drag, a drag on control. And um, they wanted uh, controls on the media. And they, uh, how did they phrase it? They they wanted an end to misinformation, which we were talking about earlier. So this has all been drafted long time ago. So we so we got the UN going and the UN served as kind of a place for countries to vent about their neighbors and vent about trade and vent, you know, it to vent. Well, then George Bush, George H Bush really got it more formalized and um they ha- it started to form policies that were enacted around the world. So um again, a few years later, We've got um, another uh, UN meeting, and this time they came up with sustainable development goals. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's for, this is for 2030 now. Have you heard of SDGs? No, I have not. Okay, well, this is where they're starting to get a lot of direction on where they want not their countries to go, but where, the world, where they want the world to go. Again, enacting world policies is part of a one-world government. Um, some, I'm not going to read you all of them, but they, um, one of their goals is, is no poverty. I know that sounds noble and wonderful if you live in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, I don't know, pick any poor country, fill in the blank. No poverty to an American, well, that would mean communism, right? That would be taking away 
from those who have and giving to those who haven't. And That's right. I don't consider myself rich, but compared to someone in India or someone in Thailand or someone in Africa or something, you know, fill in the blank, I guess I am rich. Right. And that would change. Uh, again, zero hunger. So again, sounds like a good idea, right? But that's what, here we've got Bill Gates with this um, abortions for everybody. Let, let's get if you're pregnant and you're poor, let get that abortion. We got we got to depopulate. We got to have zero hunger. We got too many people to feed. Um, again, um, now, uh, good health care. Uh, health care is considered in these UN agendas a right. So. You've got, you know, your Bernie Sanders saying it's a right. Well, that, well, maybe Bernie Sanders is so old that maybe he thought about this before these UN meetings, but he might have taken them from the UN meetings too. Cause again, these are not political, these are not new political ideas. These are UN ideas. And to me, it sounds like the UN is getting certain politicians to echo their policies and we're not we don't even get it and uh oh what else i got quality education well again we've got um obama had that core that common core that's right standards was was that obama Uh, or did that start under george bush i think common Common core Core? yeah didn't common core start under george bush i don't remember specifically but um he maybe he had something to do with it he did get he did um uh, expand special education, but it didn't happen until like maybe 2010 under Obama. That's when it was put into full effect, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause uh, Ob- uh, Bush was no child left behind. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was this, that's special education. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Here we got gender equality. Now that's not about women's rights. That's about, I feel like I'm a, a dog today. So I, I feel like I'm a, a, a man on Wednesdays and a woman on Thursdays, like that whole group. It's what you identify as, not what you were born as. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm not, it's more, it, it's not, it, yeah, exactly. It's not about having a sex operation and becoming the opposite. It, it, it's whatever. Anything goes. Um you know, some of the other ones, clean and affordable energy, clean water, well, all that sounds pretty good, um, reducing inequality, and um, they want sustainable cities and communications. What does that exactly mean? They want, they like, the New World Order likes it when populations live in the city. They're easier to track. That's they're right. easier to control. Mm-hmm. So that was that whole um, goal. Um, they want to have, uh, of course, environmentalism is a big part of it. Well, again, the Green New Deal. Now, as you were saying, is this a new thing that we, if you're not practicing the Green New Deal, are you a terrorist? Right, exactly. That's right. That's right. Well, we've got the policy already written out for the U.N. It has helped out. Uh, has spurred this whole entire thing. And, um, again, climate change is um, – we're going to change that. Now, forgive me, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, say, oh, well, that climate change isn't real. I'm not one of those people. But 
I do know this, that if the entire world isn't on board with um, controlling their carbon footprint, um, uh, you know, having uh, recyclables, all of that, then it doesn't really matter. So why would we pay all of this money in taxes for all of these kinds of things when China can do whatever the heck they want and it's not going to make any difference? That That's my thing. So um, plus I think it could be a money grab in the future. And then um, – Again, partnerships and goals with other countries, meaning partnerships with other countries would mean um, no borders. You're a partner. You're not, you're not another country. You're a partner. And, of, and of course, um, now, uh, now we're talking about uh, more and more and more immigration. So say what you want, but these are... These are, this is the U.N. Um, there is another agenda in place called Vision 2050. And interesting enough, it, again, it, it dovetails with the other agendas. But um, the heads of major corporations are designing the policies for that one. And, yes, Bill, Gate is, Bill Gates is involved. Yes, uh, Zuckerberg is involved. So... Again, um, the next agenda will be drafted by big tech. How much does the uh, environment that we found ourselves in now, and these are things that you and I talked about in the very beginning of the program, the the uh, control and censorship by big tech, which right now is basically our only vehicle to communicate with one another effectively, um, by a mainstream media that is purely agenda-driven, by um, uh, uh, political operatives that are more interested in making sure China is taken care of than the Americans that pay their bills. How much is all of that playing into the hands of this New World Order concept? Well, it sure fitting nice, nice and neatly. I, I, America, because of our forefathers, our our country is so unique. It, it gives us um, lots of protections, and lots of rights that most other countries don't have. So, if we bankrupt ourselves and China takes us over, for example then i mean we wouldn't be america anymore right, hold on no, let's let's talk let's talk about that for a second yeah let's talk about that for a second tina when you say china takes us over do you are you talking in terms of like a military takeover or are you talking about an economic takeover i don't think they have to use the military i right. think economically they could do it right um, and that's what happens when we start spending trillions and trillions of dollars that we have to borrow from them to spend. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and, the, and, and as most people would agree, China right now is the only uh, place on earth that has the balance sheet, the assets to be able to fund this kind of debt. And um, they're not doing the things that we're doing. They don't have the social programs in place that we have. They don't have the environmental protections in place that we have. So they don't have any of those costs, those overheads, those expenses. So therefore, they have this money. And what you're saying then is through an economic coup, an economic uh, domination, they could control what happens here. 
Absolutely. Uh, right now, I'm hearing through the grapevine that, um, well, we're starting to see some foreclosures. I mean, a lot of people were not doing all that well before Corona. That's and right. now that we're in Corona, they're losing their house. Maybe they, they were about to lose it anyway, but they're, we're getting foreclosures already. Well, a lot of people are saying that China's going around snapping up all of these foreclosures. So how nice for them. They all, how, how much of this country do they already own? Uh, it, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, they say that we owe, we owe what, 25, 30% of all of our debt is funded through China. What if they called in their martyrs? That'd be it. Yeah. Uh, there, there are so many things that make this scary. I, I hope that the silver lining and everything that we're dealing with right now is that people and, and government officials will wake up to the precarious situation we've been placed in by years of looking the other way. It's really nice to have a country make things that, is, that, are, that's, that are cheap to buy at stores like Walmart. That sounds really mm-hmm. great when, you know, when you're out there spending your dollars. However, the consequences of that we're seeing now, they are huge, they are deep, they are significant, and if they're not reversed soon... Uh, just like you said, we won't uh, we won't be able to afford those uh, cheap goods in Walmart anymore because everyone will be uh, be suffering economically. Well, you know, just uh, just to add on, um, it, it's not just China's fault. Uh, the the way that we as a society value money is uh, ridiculous. I, I, in um, uh, in my grandma's day, they. They saved everything. That's right. Uh, they, I, I, she would go to. I, I remember going to breakfast with her when she was alive, and she'd be taking all the jellies off the table. She, she's like, I'm not buying jellies. She'd be taking <laughs> all a, of them. Yeah, there's, a fine, those... there's a fine line between uh, being frugal and uh, and minor theft. <laughs> but my grandparents did the same thing. Living through the depression taught them yeah. that everything was valuable, and you use everything to its max, and you don't throw anything away, and you save every penny you can. My grand grandfather used to follow me around and tell me make sure you turn the light off turn this light off you're, yep. not, you're not in this room turn that light off you're in this room but you don't need both lights on because you're sitting in the chair over on the right so you only need that light on. i mean that's what he would do and he he drilled that into me um which is yep. one of the reasons i'm as cheap as i am uh, well thank god because you're not living under a bridge right now and <laughs> I, I i my grandma i hate to say this but my grandma was absolutely right about all of this. And, you know, I, I, I don't mean to get down on uh, people who, who go to college and student loan the whole thing. But really, you're going to student loan. You're, you're not going to go to community. You don't have any money, and you're, you don't, you're too good for community college. So you're going to go away to school and add on another $50,000 to your debt to major in music? Really? Is this where we are right now? Come on, man. I I just can't. I, the way we do, we are with money is uh, infuriating. And um, I, the 2008 crisis didn't show us a damn thing. Yeah. People were buying $500,000 houses with $5 down, and they worked at McDonald's, and the bank would give them the loan. I mean, come on. Uh, I, we, we're better than this. We cannot, we, we have been overspending. We've been spending like sailors as, as people and our government has been doing the same exact thing. We put ourselves in this position. That's right. 
and um, now we're going to have to pay the piper. And, um, you know, not to beat this like a dead horse, but some of the this whole uh, losing your house, losing your wealth, uh, parents used to pass on things to their kids. And now these older people, I mean, uh, luckily my mom's not one of these yet, but, but some older people, they're getting reverse mortgages and they're giving their houses away. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is really sad. It, it, it is. What do you say about corporations? And listen, I, I am a defender of, of businesses and even large corporations. Um, you know, there has to be a system of some checks and balances on, on what they do. And I think there is one. However, I do think they provide products and services that we all want and we all consume. And in some cases, we all need. Um, but what do you say about some of these corporations that they're, that when they look at the world and they see so much profit opportunity in places like China, that they will do anything they can to be able to conduct business there, including adopting Chinese propaganda or Chinese directives? You know, we've all heard the stories of Hollywood's editing Hollywood editing movies. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to change the film so it's acceptable to the communists in China before they can release it there. Uh, you know, these are things that we would have thought completely ridiculous 30 years ago, and now it's being done routinely. How do we fight that? How do we fight the profit motivation? Yeah, you you just made me think about the most recent one, the uh, Freddie Mercury Queen movie. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they had to. How, how do you get rid of how he was gay in the movie? I don't know. That was I saw that movie. It was you know a, he died of AIDS. I, I don't. I'm not sure. But I mean, you're absolutely right. The NBA, uh, they you know defending China. Oh, because of course money, 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 money. Well, you could uh, easily argue whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump. That was one of his main points that he made throughout his election, that we are giving away this country. There has got to be some laws that um, an American company cannot headquarter itself in China and pay hardly any taxes and pay nothing for the labor and um, live the good life here in America. That's, it's just wrong. And, uh, I mean, I completely agree with you. And um, we're talking, and not that we're talking a lot about immigration, but – uh, a lot of people seem to think that this is a democratic thing. Um, I think it's a Republican and democratic thing. If if the Republican businesses weren't hiring the illegals, they wouldn't be coming here. They're hiring them for cheap labor, and um, we're just the whole money thing. People trying to save money so they can have bigger profit. It's come back to bite us. It's it, uh, this government has not protected itself at all. You know, there, I, I'm, we're walking a fine line here on this program tonight because we try to avoid talking about politics. It's not our wheelhouse. And, uh, you know, we have listeners who agree and disagree with either side. It doesn't matter. Everybody, uh, you know, has the right to their right. opinion. And we try to avoid Absolutely. making it controversial. But these are very, very important positions. And, and and as you said, these are these are both Republican and Democrats to be blamed. And it's also both Republican and Democrats that need to solve the problem. But, you yep. know, one of the things that we need to hope for is that, As we come out of this and we start looking at ways, and the government will be doing this for years, of how to reinvigorate our economy here in the United States, one of those projects should be a repatriation of American, of manufacturing into uh, American, on American soil from 
Chinese soil primarily, but really from many places around the world, make those jobs come back here. Yeah, it's going to be expensive, but we just spent $2 trillion to try to save the economy. $2 trillion would have gotten this job done. So um, this has to be a priority. This has to be at the top of the list. I don't know. I, I don't know how we're ever going to come out from under this. I I know we're printing that money, but at some point, uh, it, it, inflation. I mean, I don't know. I I'm not an economist, but um, how do you? Were they? They've been saying for years that once you get close to thirty trillion dollars in debt, it's not just a bad economic policy. It's a security. Uh, policy. It's a security problem. Yeah. And uh, 30 trillion has been the number that they've used. Well, we're we're getting pretty close we're and, and close, supposedly yeah. Congress is drafting another uh $3 trillion dollar oh, bill. That thing that, that thing um, is an abomination. I hope I hope and I don't mind saying that. That is a an abomination that 3 trillion dollar bill that was just uh, announced. I it's disgusting what they're trying to do. Um let's I want to I want to change the topic a little bit here. Um Let's go back to this uh, this coronavirus. You mentioned Wuhan. Is it your opinion that this thing was engineered in a lab? Absolutely, absolutely. We've gotten um, we had two Asian doctors, two whistleblower, as, as they're saying, two whistleblowers. Um, one ended up dying of the coronavirus the minute he <laughs> he he. Uh, what do you what do you call? He let the cat out of the bag, and then yeah. then he died of coronavirus the next day. That's right. kind of odd. <laughs> and then the girl uh, doctor, she uh, mysteriously disappeared. Mm-hmm. She, we don't even know that she's dead, but she blew the whistle, and she's now disappeared. And then what the news again? Why this isn't? You know, I only hear this, you know, on shows like yours, on um, different news sites that I like to go on the Internet. Why isn't this on every major news? I don't know. But two research doctors who are American, but they they, they were Asian-Americans, were murdered in the Pennsylvania area, in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah, I haven't heard, now, th- I haven't heard this story. Oh, that, that happened maybe a week ago? Yeah, I haven't heard this. Yeah, it, it, you know, you're, you're, these points you're bringing up are so important, and yet our media, mainstream media is arguing over whether or not uh, the president was racist when he, when he told a reporter that she should ask her question to the Chinese. I, it's just, it's, I, you can't make this stuff up. This is how insane we have become. We're not looking out for Americans. We're not looking out for our our, our people, our, our children and our grandchildren. We're playing games. And uh, I don't know if there's any any answer to it. I'm very discouraged. Yeah. And, I mean, on the other side of the coin, people are saying that coronavirus uh, is, you know, 100 times worse than we know. So maybe it is. Well, I hey, really listen, couldn't let, tell you. I let, just know the one person who had it and survived yeah, it. Let me, so. let, me, let me just say this. The virus is real. It is real, and it is yep. really killing people. That's not in, in dispute here. Yep. Um, but there are other things that need to be considered as well. We need to consider our reaction and make sure it's not an overreaction. Now, I look at, at, at Fauci, and I respect him, just like I respect every uh, person who's attained that level of education and, and professional stature. Um 
But here, here you have a guy who has spent 40 years in a position planning for a worst-case scenario. He probably never thought he would ever see one in his lifetime. And boom, one hits. Of course he's going to want to pull out the stops. Mm-hmm. Of course he's going to want to exercise every plan that, was, that they had been working on for the last 40 years. Plan A, B, C, D, E, and F. Of course he wants to do that. And he should be an advocate for that. That's his job. But... He's not the only one that should be an advocate for a side. There are other other parts to this discussion that need to be considered. So, I don't know. It's just my opinion. Well, just to piggyback on that real quick, uh, he is connected with Bill Gates big time. They um, have worked together many times through uh, WHO projects and um, whatnot. So, he's a friend of Bill Gates. That doesn't surprise Just me. Then, that yeah, out there. I don't, and you know, based on what we've been talking about tonight, that that does not surprise me. So, if this thing was engineered in a lab, um, I, I tend to be of the opinion that it wasn't engineered there; it was being studied there, and it just got out or whatever. But uh, regardless, either way, it's it's almost the same crime. Uh, should there be a some type of prosecution uh, of the Chinese uh-huh. of the Chinese government for this? Well, aren't they talking about making a law where you could sue China, which is kind of entertaining because if I was, if I was, you know, in charge of China, uh, which I'm obviously not, I would be laughing hysterically if I got a, um, uh, lawsuit well, that's delivered I mean, to how me. Do you, how do you enforce that? I'd be like, that? really? Yeah. I, you owe me uh, $20 trillion, and <laughs> you you want to sue me for what? Um, a million? Right. Yeah. Get lost. Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, how about you sue? Yeah, you pay me back the, all the money I gave you first, and then we'll talk about the lawsuit. Yeah, that that's the problem. I don't. I th- it, regardless of whether they pass that law or they make it possible, I don't think it has any teeth. But then again, I don't know. Maybe maybe you do it through the world court. I don't know how that works. I just don't know. Um, uh, a lot of people are making comparisons on both sides, whether it's the critics of Donald Trump or it's the critics of some of these uh, policies that are uh, awfully restrictive and, and in blatantly unconstitutional. Both sides are using the word Nazi a lot. Is there any comparison here to to Nazi Germany or Nazism? Well, not yet, but um, I, I do want to comment um, that China and South Korea, which South Korea is being heralded by some of the news channels as, you know, the end-all, be-all, perfect response to COVID-19, which... Do you believe everything that China and South Korea has to say? Maybe. But what they're doing to their citizens um, is making me sick to my stomach. Uh, talk about talk about Nazism. I mean, if there were cell phones in Hitler's day, he would have definitely done the same. In China, you have to go to a doctor and get tested to see if you're in the clear of COVID-19. And if you are, everybody has to, everybody, by the way, has to have their cell phone with them at all times. So if you're too poor to afford a cell phone, I'm assuming the government must give you one. I don't know how that works. But once the doctor confirms that you do not have COVID, you get, um, he goes into the computer and he goes into your app and he gives you this green code. And it looks like uh, one of those QRI 
code things, but it's green. Uh-huh. So there's checkpoints all over the place. You want to go um, get in to the bus, the bus station. Well, then you show your green thing. Then you want to get to a certain bus. Then you show your green thing. You want to get on the bus. You show your green thing and, and so forth. So uh, you want to go to a store. You show your green thing on your phone. So there's all of these checkpoints for you to get anywhere throughout China. Now, if you're yellow, that means you don't have COVID, but you have come in contact. The contract tracer, as we were talking about earlier, has said that you have come in contact with somebody with COVID-19. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that you um, paid for something with the cashier who has COVID-19? Or does that mean that your wife has COVID-19? It could mean anything in between that those two kinds of relationships. You're yellow. So you're not going anywhere. You're treated. And, and then, of course, red means you have been diagnosed with COVID-19. And you are, your color is going to stay red until you go to the doctor and you get tested and you don't have it. So that is how China is doing it. South Korea is doing it very similarly, except they um, have a app that if you're standing by someone who has COVID-19, it outs that person and says, um, whatever, um, Tom Jones or whoever uh, is a, uh, the has has COVID and he's six feet away from you, or oh, it, it outs the person. Wow! Through a text. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Through a text message. Oh my god! So you could be waiting at that, waiting for your bus, and then oh, uh, Tom Jones is is less than six feet away from you, and he has COVID. I don't know if they go as far as saying he's wearing a white jacket, and I, I don't know about that. But they out the person's name and everything. Wow! I mean, it's crazy. And these are the things they're looking to adopt here. Is that what some people are saying? Yeah. And then Fauci uh, was talking about those certificates. You have to have a certificate. Well, that's the same thing as that whole having a green uh, a green QRI code on your phone. Yeah, same idea. Just a different just it's a, just a different uh, makeup on it. Um, this is. Um, you know, this is disturbing stuff as well, and they do it all in the name of health. But again, you open this door, and what's to stop them from using it for, well, now we go to the flu, or we go to, the, you know, all the diseases, and then we go to, um, you know, carbon emission users. People are using too much carbon. Mm-hmm. This this opens a Pandora's box that we do not want open. Right. Or, or how about um, gun owners? Oh, well, oh, well they have a gun. And, right. and are they registered? Or, right. you know, we're, we're going to be ratting each other out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, if this if this happens, I suspect that we're going to see some very significant pushback by a lot of patriots in this country. I think there are people and I've, I've been watching my chat rooms and uh, there are people uh, in the chat rooms that are sympathetic to the, the patriot side of this and uh i think a lot of people are going to get get to the point where they will just not put up with it anymore this is going to turn into if if not bloody certainly violent and um i hope it doesn't come to that uh dina we're we're running out of time here Uh, tell me about your books okay well my uh newest book is called crowns and cabals it uh is about new world order it's it's about um my New World Order didn't happen from a virus. It happened from a nuclear war. 
But the story goes on about how this country would look like if it really did happen. And, of course, there are supernatural elements, biblical prophecy, um, artifacts. Uh, uh, it's like a, a mystery and uh, a dystopian novel rolled up into one. Uh, my other, uh, my two books before that are called um, the uh, bestseller and the sequel, and they are about aliens and their role in World War II. And um, a lot of it is true. A lot of it, of course, is fiction. It's, I guess, you would call that faction. Uh, again, if uh, it, a, a lot of people who have, who have read them compare it to an ancient alien type of story, and um, it has a, a, a lot of cool facts in there, as long as, as, as well as an entertaining um, story about uh, a girl who uh, was uh, engineered with uh, an alien gene. And then before that, I had uh, a, another book called Big uh, Agra, Big Pharma, Big Conspiracy, and I'm writing a second one to that. It's not really a sequel. You don't have to have read the first one. But that is a, my only nonfiction, and it's about the role that Big Pharma and Big Agra ha have in controlling our Congress and our Senate. And then um, I have another, before that, I have um, a, a, a two-book series, Halo of the Damned, Halo of the Nephilim, and that is about, um, it's their fiction, but they're about uh, a religion that worships angels, and the story goes from there. And the, there, it is, there really is a religion, by the way, that worships fallen angels from um, biblical scripture. And then my first book, uh, The Last Degree, which is about uh, Freemasonry. So um, I, I have written eight books total. I'm working on a ninth, and um, you can find all of them on Amazon, uh, Dina Ray, D-I-N-A-R-A-E. Uh, I'm all over the place, uh, maybe a little bit here on Walmart, maybe a little bit here on uh, Books A Million, maybe a little bit here uh, I'm, you know, I'm scattered, but they're all on Amazon. That's probably the easiest place to find it. Uh, I have two blogs. Uh, one is called Crackpot Conspiracy. Another one is called Dina Ray's Right Stuff, spelled with a W, um, dot blogspot. And I'm on Twitter, at Halo of the Damned. I'm uh, on Facebook, Dina Ray Books. I'm on Pinterest, I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube, um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm on Goodreads, um, uh, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm uh, uh, definitely, uh, I'm here I am complaining about social media, but um, I'm, I certainly... <laughs> well, I, the, bottom line, the bottom line is that uh, the digital age has put, out, put all other media out of business. Uh, I'm a radio guy, radio stations... Uh, can't can't their business model can't exist anymore. Uh, newspapers they can't they can't exist anymore. So we've been forced 
to uh, to flock into this social media world. And now uh, this social media world is telling us what we can and cannot say, what we can and cannot know. <laughs> this is a problem, too. And I and I think another in addition to my rant about uh, in the aftermath, we need to bring manufacturing back from China. It's, you know, yep. that whole thing. Add part B to that is that we have to look at antitrust into some of these uh, these giant tech companies. Amazon cannot yeah. control all retail in the world. We can't let it happen. Um, Google should not be able to control almost 90% of all search on the Internet. They shouldn't be allowed to have that much power because they because they don't allow it to uh, to happen with, without bias. They have their own biases. Anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. Dina, I want you to promise me um, that within a m- couple months here, you'll come back as as the dust settles on this all on all this. We can take a look back and kind of assess where we are at that point and, and how we got there. Uh, well, JV, you are always a wonderful host, a wonderful show, and I'm uh, thrilled to uh, always come on your show anytime. You're uh, a great guy. Well, thank you very much. It was a great conversation. I wish you the best. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.